You're listening to The Donna Drake Show. Join us weekly as Donna talks with celebrity entertainers, sports legends, top journalists, business moguls, and everyday heroes sharing their stories of triumph, inspiration, and perseverance. Hosted by international award-winning creative artist, writer, producer, actor, and influencer, Donna Drake. All right, let's live it up with Donna Drake. Hi, welcome to my backyard. I'm Donna Drake. I'm Lee. And Lee, why are we here in my backyard? I'm here for Hibachi Omakase. There you go, Hibachi Omakase. Stay tuned. Joining us now in my backyard is Lee. Welcome to the show. How are you? Good, good. I'm good. Yeah, great to meet you again. It's so nice to meet you as well. You know what's so funny? I have not had a show in my backyard in a long time. Like, I've had my Memorial Day parties here, but this is the first time I've actually filmed a private dinner Mm -hmm. in my own backyard. So I welcome you, and I thank you so much for being here. We're going to have hibachi, right? So how did this concept start where hibachi goes to you? Uh, you know what? Because since the pandemic, the people cannot go out. So we imagine how can we bring the stuff to the people's house. That's why the, the concept was come out. So I think it's the best uh, time the people can enjoy, even though it's the pandemic time. So that's why we we are here. It's wonderful. So you were bringing your private chefness to the masses. Yes. You started out with like one state, but how many states are you in now? Oh, I think it's going to be like 17 already. It's incredible. Yes, yes. It's, 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 you know, just people like it. And then we try to, as we can, you know, everywhere the people, they can deserve of it. And that's why we explore so fast. One of the things that you do, it's 90 minutes, right? So they get the food, they get entertainment. Now, are you funny, Lee? I mean, do you know jokes? Or? Uh, yes, of course. We try to learn it because that's our job. You know, we can enjoy the, the job and then we can take care of the customer they like. So it's, it's funny things. We have to learn something, the joke for them, you know? Uh, so you're currently in Brooklyn. So your area is this like tri-state area, yes. but each different state has a different team, like a yeah. road team. Yes. Okay. Yes. So have you got a chance to meet some of the other teams? Like, yes. do you have like gatherings? And- yeah, yeah. yeah. Every year, like uh, like the, every the end of years of Christmas days, we have a get together. So it's, it's much fun. You know, everybody sharing the experience. They, they're doing something in their client's house. All the joke, you know, we can talk to each other. So I really appreciate that everybody, you know, can each location, the the client, they can make some reservation with us and the people, they get the chef. So it's um, very customized, right? Yes. So what we do is we would call, we make a reservation, and then you you take care of everything else. Now tonight, in my backyard, I put together a table and a tablecloth and the plates and the utensils, Mm -hmm. but everything else. Like you do all the shopping, you do everything else, all the preparation. Yes. So it's really, it's easy for the client. Yeah, you know what, if you're the people... 
just try try to do something special for the party in their house and they don't think about anything else they just call us and we bring the full entertainment all the stuff it's not just the food you know what i say so the people they can enjoy each other so they they join with us it's not like you're sitting in a restaurant you're just eating and watch but you can enjoy with us for the entertainment all the stuff What's the most unique place? And you don't have to say my backyard, but what's the what's another unique place that you've been to that you've enjoyed going to? What do you mean, like a location? Like okay. yeah, a, pa- a past party that you've done before? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we did all the Long Island city, and we sometimes I go to New Jersey because it's close to New York. Uh, it's, it's, uh, but we are we are available like Massachusetts, DC, Marion's, Florida. And uh, Texas and Ohio and Chicago, everywhere. I know you really yeah. are everywhere. Congratulations! Yeah. I mean, for a company that just started uh, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. tremendous growth. Mm-hmm. Obviously, people like what you do. I heard about you. I wanted you here. Uh, we're celebrating my son's uh, high school graduation, so he oh. brought some friends, and yes. so we're going to have some good time tonight. Yes. yes. What is your favorite item? Like, if you're ordering hibachi, what do you like to eat, Lee? I like. I like sake. Ah, you like sake. <laughs> I think you know that that that's the best part for the, the that's the best part. The people, you know, sake is the best. You okay. know, I was gonna say of the course. fillet. I was gonna say the fillet mignon or something or the steak. But you're you're the yeah, sake you guy. Know what? The, that's the that's the main things in you know, a hibachi. But of course, the food, everything was fresh. We we bring all the all the fresh foods, lobster, flamingons, and steak, salmon, all, a lot of options. So yeah. We all love it. We love the food, but we love the sake more than that. You love yeah. the sake more than that, you know. And take it from Lee; he knows. Um, stay tuned for more. We're going to be living it up right here in my own backyard.
now is Dr. Lisa Kang. How are you? Good. Good. So we're in your dental office, which I have to say, in all the places I've ever visited, yours is the, is the most beautiful. Thank you. So you're here right across the street from St. Patrick's Cathedral. Correct. Right off of Fifth Ave. You're like in the heart of Manhattan. That's correct. How did you choose this location or did it kind of find you? I think it found me. Okay. Uh, I was in between jobs and the former owner of the practice um, had a job in um, a job um, uh, opportunity that was uh, enlisted on uh, Indeed. And I had to go through hoops and I was one amongst five that were the final finalists. And then um, I actually uh, took the train out to do an in-person interview with the doctor uh, in Long Island and because he didn't want to come into the city. And then um, I got the position. So he originally had this office space. Correct. So there was a dentist that had this office space. Correct. And then he was, I guess... I guess, selling his practice or creating an opportunity for someone else to share in his practice. Right. And I, he didn't really want to come to New York City anymore. No. Okay. So here you were, you applied for the position, interviewed out in Long Island. You come into Manhattan and find out that you're right across the street from St. Patrick's Cathedral. Yes. It's a great place. Yes. Because there's tons of food around here. There's great shopping. Exactly. And it's a fun place to be. Absolutely. We're across okay. the street from Rockefeller Center. There's Radio City, obviously St. Patrick's Cathedral. So we are literally in the heart of Manhattan. Now, are most of your clients, uh, do they work here in Correct. the city? And so during their lunch hour, they're coming or? Yes, exactly. Okay. And we tend to be as efficient as possible. So when they um, come in and out, their lunch break is enough time for a quick cleaning, a checkup, x-rays, whatever they might need. Um, and especially because we're so close to Grand Central Station, um, people from Pennsylvania, Connecticut, um, in the tri-state area basically is Just who commute I... Commute in, right? Correct. That's so wonderful. That's such a great idea. So you've been in this location for five years, but your dental start um, happened a long, long time ago. I want to know about when you were at school and how you found yourself in a dental office of some sort. Yes. Okay. So it started in undergrad at, in L.A., um, I actually was doing a work study at the USC Dental School. Uh, that's where I went uh, for undergrad. And then um, I happened to also see this job ad for a front office in Santa Monica uh, for an oral surgeon's assistant. And so I started working there on weekends. Um, and fortunately, one of the assistants was moving back to Seattle and so they offered me a full-time assisting job. So I have had every job in the dental uh, space. I've worked the front office answering phones. I've worked in the back office as an assistant. I also went to hygiene school and finished my hygiene degree in two years. And then I went on to dental school. It was really a good idea because that way you kept it all in the same, you know, it was all relevant. Exactly. Um, so you got all this great experience that then when you had your own practice, you're like, oh, I can, I can feel comfortable Absolutely. helping someone learn the ropes of that particular thing. Exactly. That's really exciting. Now, this office in particular, you have so many, I guess, are they called suites? What are those called? What operatories. Do you have? Uh, okay. Operatories. <laughs> right. So how many operatories do you have? We have seven ops. Okay. And currently I am working out of two. 
And so I have four other dentists that also work in the same space. And I call them our roommates because we share the space, even nice. though they are separate practices. Understood. Us. So it's a collaborative kind of effort. Correct. So maybe if someone's case is like maybe not their specialty, you can always like talk to your friends. Exactly. I love that idea. That's yeah. a really good idea. Yeah. We do that kind of in our production industry. And I know a lot of artists also do that. You know, so it's like, oh, wait, I need a paintbrush. Anybody got a paintbrush, right? Exactly. So you say, oh, I need this tool or something like that. Exactly. I love that. Yeah, me too. Um, so you have great friends, you're all collaborating, you're, yes. you each have your own practice, and you're very flexible in terms of when somebody can come in. Absolutely. What is your favorite tool that you have? Like a piece of equipment that you say, you know what, I'm so glad somebody invented that. And what does it do? I'm going to say the mirror. Okay. Because... <laughs> um, no matter how good a dentist is, if it looks good to the dentist, it doesn't really matter. It okay. has to look good to the actual individual, the patient. So if the patient has an issue, if the patient has a problem, they can themselves find it in their own mirror. And if they have any uh, things that they want to change, whatever it might be, they can also take a photo, which is the second best, I think, okay. um, because you're able to see different angles in a photo as opposed to when you're looking in a mirror just straight on. Um, so have yeah. you helped create like amazing smiles? Are you proud of your work? Absolutely. I That's tell that one of are. the things that I love about dentistry is delivering healthy smiles. Uh, I do offer Invisalign as a treatment here. So uh, just going through the process and seeing how people honestly, they, they transform in front of my eyes. It is the best feeling. Yeah, Invis Invisalign, for the audience that doesn't know, they are like these clear, almost like retainers in a way. Correct. And they move them ever so slightly. Correct. Step by step by right. step. They're called clear aligners. Okay. And there are other companies out there. Um, but you're right. It's Each uh, aligner is specifically made to move the teeth you know, maybe 0.1, maybe 0.2 millimeters. And it's done very slowly and in a very accurate way so that we can deliver the smiles that the patients actually can um, anticipate and they can actually see before they actually finish Invisalign due to their uh, technology. Beautiful. Now, do you also offer traditional things? Because I said I would be Absolutely. willing. So for today, um, Dr. Lisa, it was rainy, right? And I knew coming into the city, I was like, oh, I brought my hair dryer in the car and all these other things. And I said to myself, I was like, you know what? Maybe we'll do something different where it won't matter if my hair looks pretty or not, because maybe I'll let I'll go under the water, as they say. So we decided it might be nice to also dispel some of the fears that Absolutely. people have when they when they come here. Sure. Okay. I, I will tell you a secret. Yes. I am super afraid of dentists. You are. I am. And of, uh, and of needles. And <laughs> I try to, because I have this fear, right. I try to extend um, a little bit more courtesy, just a little oh. bit more um, like a helping hand as opposed to you know, wearing the white coat and being the the dentist that people would fear, I would rather approach you like a friend or maybe a mentor so that I can show you, again, that comes up mirror, yes. and I can show you how to help yourself and arm my patients with the actual tools so that they can um, have the, you know, healthy, the healthiest mouth, a beautiful smile, but they're actually doing it themselves as opposed to needing me as like a leader oh, that makes sense 
I like that idea. So it's almost like when you go get like your hair or your makeup done, or it's like more of a beauty treatment. So you're treating someone's mouth as if it's a beauty extension of their face. Absolutely. It's I totally beauty get your, through health. Yeah. I totally get your thought process. Yeah. Oh, so that makes it not scary at all. It's the same as if you just put on eyeshadow. You're just taking care of this part of your mouth. Exactly. And everyone brushes their teeth, hopefully, yeah, every I day. Yeah, I did today hopefully. twice. Because I knew Good. I was going to see. I was like, oh, scrub, scrub, scrub. Yes. <laughs> did my tongue. I did the whole thing. So what I do is just an extension of that. Okay. So it shouldn't be fearful. You shouldn't be fearful. You shouldn't be scared. It is, I try to be as gentle as possible. Um, I have heard that I have really soft hands. I don't Aww. know if that's the truth, but... Um, you know, when I uh, approach someone to do a cleaning, I always approach a patient with the mindset as a hygienist because that's what I went to school for first. Um, and I know people are less fearful of their hygienist than they are of the dentist. I know. I so wonder I, what, I, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird dichotomy there because I feel like some hygienists do do some damage when they're treating their patients. Yes, but not here. Um, but not, not here. here. Absolutely not. Here. not. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the thing too. It's like when you can go to someone that has that gentle, upbeat, positive attitude and kindness toward you, it makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. So that's what sets your dental practice apart. I think so. I think so too. Well, um, stay tuned because guess what? I'm doing it because I, I don't know. Why not? We're here tonight in Seaford, New York, and I am so excited because we are going to dine on Italian food. Uh, and joining us now is Mike. Welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Thank you for Thank inviting us to your home. This is really beautiful. Thank you for coming. So you've had this restaurant for about seven years, but you have a lot of restaurant experience. How did your journey start, Mike? Okay. Let me start by telling you a little bit more about myself and how I get to this business. So when I was uh, 20 years old, I come to this beautiful country by myself. And that was my first opportunity to start to work on the restaurant business. And that was called Vabene Restaurant on 82nd Street and Lexington in Manhattan. From there, I moved to Equitalia Restaurant. And I worked there as a the busboy and a waiter. And I never stopped looking for the better opportunities. Opportunity come to work on some religious hotel. Very well known hotel. Oh yes, the St. Regis is very well known. That's correct. So I worked there for 28 years. Wow. And I worked any position that you can imagine. Like salad man, cook, busboy, waiter, metro D, sous chef, and back of the house manager. So I learned there from the best. I worked with the great coons, Michelin four-star chef, Alan Ducasse, Richie Brown, and they are amazing chef. Not the best chef in the United States, but they are worldwide the best chef. Now, when you decided to do this, right? Uh, were you married at the time? Did you have a bride seven years ago? Actually, I was married on that time, yes. Okay, okay. And so you came home one day and said, that's it, we're gonna do it. I always dreamed to have my own business in my own restaurant because I spent all these years and time on the restaurant. And I said, let me show to the people what I could do for them. So, yeah, I, I, I decided to open my own restaurant and the opportunity come to get this location. So I like the location, but I didn't like the name and the business of the restaurant that I used to do. So I decided to change everything. Okay, so you so from ground up, 
you changed it, you changed the decor. I see that you have beautiful uh, pictures here that represent different things, right? And I know that your family and tradition means a lot to you. How did you incorporate your family roots into this location? Absolutely. My, my mom is Italian and then my father is Albanian. I grew up in former Yugoslavia. But my mom always cooked that homemade Italian food. She always teach me how to create it, to make a sauce. And actually, when I make the menu here, I always want to have that chicken meatball on my menu because I, my mom created so she come to me and she show me the recipe and we work together to create that, create that uh, uh, menu. And one day, she's now 90 years old, she still could talk but not cook that much. You know? okay. <laughs> and she still travels, she's in Europe right now. So she ordered a chicken meatball marfalda and she said to me, Mike, you better go and make that for myself. So I went there and I said, Mike, this is not the way I teach you, you know. He said, Mom, we're making here for 100 people, 200, not for one and two person. But she's she the one, she she's the one <laughs> that gave me that uh, patience and love for the Italian food. Yes, it's quite delicious. Now, your restaurant, you have uh, clientele here, and now it's the summer season. So you have a lot of people traveling from out of state to come and dine with you. Do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy like meeting new people, having some regulars, but plus you have a nice business of newcomers? I love it. I love my customer. I love, love my clients. It's nothing better than when somebody comes for dinner and you make them happy, enjoy it. Or somebody threw the party here and they talk about the party, how beautiful it is, and the service and quality of food that we provide to them. That's my passion, that's my love, and I always like to share that with my customers. And you have indoor dining and outdoor dining as well. Absolutely. Okay. We, we build outdoor dining during the COVID. One was, uh, they they did not let us serve in the dining room. So first we start on the on outside, just on the parking lot. So then I apply for the permit and I get a permit for temporary. I build beautiful outdoor seating. So we're gonna have opportunity and show that to the club. Yeah, it's like a nice, like almost like a gazebo area. You know, it's really beautiful. So people can come and they can have a private party here, dining. Um, any like specialties that you feel like you're really proud of besides your mother's chicken meatballs? Absolutely. Well, our we are signature dish like uh, seafood trio combo grill. It's amazing. Something that not every restaurant could provide. Every restaurant could provide a grilled seafood, but you should try and taste this. Our Will Shang Osobuko, that's also my wow. recipe that my mom made it, and I keep it on tradition that the old style cooking. And we have a lot of other Italian dishes that we keep it on tradition. So, Why does owning this restaurant mean so much to you personally? You know, when you when you grow up with the, with the food and you come on this country and you start working with a restaurant and you learn how to deal with the people and they teach you how to, to present the love and service to the people and I keep that and I, now I love that to share and that's a lot to me that the restaurant business it's not everybody could do it I you know have that. to yes. love for the things that you're doing but a restaurant business is a tough business but I love it and I'm going to continue to do it. I love to see my customer happy and love to see them repeating and coming here. 
One of the things I shared with you before we started was that my grandfather was a chef. He and his brother, Emil, uh, came over from Switzerland and they were Italian and uh, they ended up uh, owning a little small bar, a little small restaurant. And you're absolutely right. My grandfather absolutely loved the people that he got a chance to serve, you know, and uh, I know that there's love in your dishes. I'm going to get to eat here tonight and I'm so excited. Um, I thank you. Thank you for your hospitality, your kindness, um, and showcasing that the American dream is still alive and very possible for people. Absolutely. I went to a couple of countries before I come to this country because I'm born and raised in former Yugoslavia. Now it's a tiny country of Montenegro, 650,000 people, right close to the Croatian and near Italy. But uh, I went to Turkey, I went to Italy, I was to Germany and France. I tried to, to stay work there, but there is no other opportunity like United States that offer to the immigrant and to the people that they treat you like you are born here and they give you the opportunity to grow. And actually, there you go. I come as the immigrant here, 20 years old without nothing. And I have beautiful restaurant, family, my wife owns the business and I have four beautiful kids and uh, enjoying the life and dream of America. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you inviting us Thank here. You. Thank you so much. So nice to have you here. Stay tuned for more. We've been living it up right here. We've seen so many great films and talked to so many incredible people, but I'm so excited about this one. It's the world premiere of Open Heart, the Henrik Lundqvist story. The king, the king of New York, former New York Ranger goalie, and it's all going down here at Tribeca Festival 2023. When you play with someone as a teammate, you get to know them you know, beyond what they do on the ice, and he's just the, the ultimate competitor, but also you know, a friend because he has this growth mindset in everything he does, and uh, this project is a bit of it sharing that side of him. I think the big takeaway is that, you know, as athletes, you're always overcoming challenges. Um, that's what being an athlete is all about. You know, not everyone wins all the time, uh, but it's how you grow as a person through those challenges, and I think it's amazing that Hank has decided to share his story in this way. Henrik's game, playing with him, we'll get to the friendship after, uh, extremely focused. That's what sets the best apart. Um, you know, the elite players can get in the zone where they uh, numb everything out, and he was always able to do that. And that's why we had such great years here in New York while he was playing and leading our team. It was unfortunate what happened, um, especially when kind of having a second bite of the apple and being able to go to Washington and uh, you know, I personally shot on him for about three or four months getting him ready. And, uh, you know, the circumstances that happened just wouldn't allow it. So um, he's landed on his feet. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's an unfortunate situation. But I think it's made him stronger and uh, appreciate the career he did have. Henrik is uh, a guy who's so brave. He's uh, willing to grab that third rail, that athlete's rarely ever touch which is honesty and uh the end of his career was really painful for him and he was not afraid to open up and really discover how he could turn that into something meaningful in his life so it's such a brave thing to do uh, it's so different and everything in his life before that point was all about hockey and then 
he had to find out how to live, and he allowed our cameras to be part of that. And so I'm so grateful. So we're here with the man of the night. He's, you've been the man of the night for many nights in New York, but tonight's a very special night. It's the world premiere of his documentary, Open Heart. It's Henrik Lundqvist. How you feeling tonight, brother? I feel good. Yeah. You know, this has been on my mind for a while, working on this project for, I think, our first meetings with, with Jonathan, the director, was probably a year and a half ago, talking about my experience and, and how we want to tell this story. But to be honest, I wasn't sure how he was going to tell this story. I was just telling him what I went through, what I felt. And, you know, it's uh, here we are. And, and one of the things we talked about early on, because I live in Tribeca and done so the past eight years, we wanted it to premiere here in Tribeca. So it feels really good that we're here. As a world-class athlete, as, you know, um How's it like? What what was that tell where where you finally at one point said, okay, I'm with doctors all the time, I have to ask about this or I have to take care of this. It was actually an absolute shock to me that I could not play hockey. You know, to me, and I think for all athletes, it's like no brainer. I'm gonna play this game until the day I don't want to play it anymore, and for it to be taken away from you, of course, it's a sense of loss in that. And it was a lot of soul searching and a lot of thoughts that I think a lot of athletes have different experiences, how it ends. Uh, but in the end, it's, it's a loss. It's something that you love doing and something you've done since you were a kid, right? So, of course, you, I, I think you have to work on that. And, and for me, I just found a lot of gratitude towards my experience and the opportunities I had as a hockey player and to play in New York for the Rangers uh, but definitely, I, I worked on it, for sure, and, and I was very happy when I, when I just, in the end, I, I, where I landed was just a ton of, of gratitude towards so many things. Imagine, you know, it's so funny, I look at the work you do off the ice, I look at your foundation, I look at the work you do for Garden of Dreams and USTA Foundation, I feel like this is another gift you're giving back, making men aware of... You know, get yourself checked, make sure you're okay. For me, being around great people and, and great energy, and sometimes the more you give, the more you get. The 2023 Hockey Hall of Fame class. Some of the parts were obviously not planned. It just, a lot of the stuff actually, I just recorded because it was part of my journey. And then afterwards, when we I started talking to Jonathan about you know, making this film, I just thought like, oh, maybe we had this piece and that piece. I think we had a couple of shots with, with the crew. Other than that, it's a lot of homemade videos. And so to them, it was normal. But I think the girls are excited to see it. And, and uh, I think one or two scenes they were not <laughs> super happy about. But it, again, it's very personal. And I, I think we will look back at it as, as a great memory. Henry. Thank you so much for being everything you've been to New York. Oh, thank you so much. My name is now is Evan Hirsch. So, Evan, how are you? I'm doing well. I have a few fun things that are going on. You have a birthday that's going on. Yes, I Happy just birthday. the awful 26. So. Then it's not the awful 26. It's like a great year. It's like two even numbers. 
You multiply them, it's 12, you got a dozen. I mean, it's all good. I'm glad you think of it in a positive way. I, I think I, like, I think of it in mid 20s and then you're like closer to 30. And I'm, But aging, I guess, is beautiful. So aging is beautiful. Aging it. is beautiful and you need to embrace it because with each birthday comes another gift on your journey. And recently, you just overnighted the dress to something spectacular. What was that? So I was asked by uh, Michael Be uh, Bella, who is Bowman, who is an amazing actress, to uh, send her a dress for the premiere of the Barbie movie. And obviously the Barbie movie is like a cultural shift right now. Like the marketing is next level and who didn't play with Barbies as like a kid. <laughs> so this was like a full circle moment to me. And I said, I have the perfect pink dress that I could ship to her. So I shipped it to Michael and she rocked it. I was so glad to see it. I was like refreshing my feed every two seconds to see if she hit the carpet, but she actually did a quick change inside the venue and started sending me pictures inside of it. So wow. I am honored that, you know, my, I want to see the movie, but my dress already saw it. That's a weird concept. Oh, that is a weird concept. <laughs> yes. So through osmosis, you kind of, you know, yeah. like if the threads could translate. Yeah. If the fabric could talk. If the fabric could talk. <laughs> That's so exciting, Evan. You've had some really beautiful highlights this year. You have your own collection now. You've, you're into bridal stores now. Like your dreams are really coming to fruition. Yeah, I'm making it happen one step at a time. I like people always say stuff like that to me and I'm just like, oh, it doesn't feel like that. I'm not at that, you know, Michael Kors level yet, but I'm growing, I'm evolving. And the fact that this show is almost like a diary for me that I get to see each process and each step of my career. I mean, you're creating that for me that I can look back. I always go back on our old videos and watch them and see what point in my life I was at. Well, that's exciting. It's like a lookbook. Oh, yeah. Right. And you did. You did a fashion show lookbook here yes. on our psych wall, which was also really nice. And um, we had a few of our uh, people that were like your models. And that was wonderful. When do you know a garment's done, Evan? Like, when do you step away? It must be so difficult where you like fixing things, tweaking things. But when do you say in your own mind that you say, ah, I think you're like asking the wrong person because I could work on it till like if you gave me something to do on a dress or I was working on a dress, I could work on it for like time and time again. But the good thing is I just started working with a evening wear company called Junie Lee. We're doing a collection together and the owner of it, his name is Lorenzo. He's been doing this for 40 years. He's really good at telling me like, it's done, Evan, like pack Walk it away, up, send it to the store. <laughs> it's done. Like, Walk away, drop the needle. Yeah. And the threat. <laughs> his greatest uh, achievement in telling me is uh, his greatest piece of advice is he says, what you consider what you make is art, but what I consider it as is merchandise. So pack it up and send it out. <laughs> so, Oh, my I, goodness. Yeah, that's been really helpful because we okay. come to consider our art our babies, but they need to be sold and they need to be worn. Interesting. And you yeah. know what? I think that's great. You know what else I found out? Lou told me the other day he saw a picture. You have your own label now. Yes, I have my own label. Your hang and my tags. own tags. Yes. Your hang tags. Which I love. They end up in the trash, but <laughs> Well, no, I don't think so. I think I think I think that they don't. And I think when when you send a garment to like someone special, you should autograph it. And oh, then that's a good idea. they're gonna save that tag. Yeah, I'd love to, if it's a custom thing, I'd love to give them the sketch and like everything like that, like really personal. I I, I think you should. You look fabulous today. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, what was your favorite? Did you have a favorite birthday moment this year? Yeah. Well, what did I really you do? I like to jam pack everything into one day. So I pretty much woke up, 
Korean barbecue for lunch. Then I got my nails done. Then I went shopping. And then I went to Ohiku Castle, where we've been for a few of the Riches charity events and things like that. Yeah, so. we love Ohiku Castle. Gary oh. Melius and his entire family, hospitality. Wow, second to none. It's a beautiful venue. The food's absolutely delicious. Um, and did you sing? Did you have dessert that night? Yes, we what had dessert. Have? And Gary came over to our table, of really? course. He's, it's not my birthday until he comes <laughs> over and says hello to us. Like, I was nervous. We were having dessert, and I was like, where's Gary? <laughs> <laughs> it's not my birthday. Yeah, was Gary's I was there. like, the guest of honor is not here. <laughs> so cute. Um, as always, it's just a joy to have you here. I really you. appreciate you. And I enjoy looking forward to our chats and our friendship. And I sang happy birthday to you. And can't believe that we've been working together now for a couple of years. Yeah, we're so, going on three years. Wow, so. Evan Hirsch. Wow. And it's not ending anytime soon, so I'm excited to make more memories. Me too. Thank you. Uh, we know that you love Evan's segments. Evan now has like fans all over the globe, which is so exciting. And if you're not following him, please follow him. Joining us now is Irina, and I love the name of her company. It is B, and then it's Y-O-U. That's right. It's B-U, Laser Clinic. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, Donna. Thanks for having us. What can lasers do nowadays? What can they do? What If I come to you, what type of services are you offering with lasers? We offer over 35 different treatments from skin to body to cosmetic injections and as well laser. Okay. When you decided that this is what you wanted to do, that you kind of wanted to paint with a laser, right? Yeah. What type of training goes into something like that? Because it has to be so precise. Yes, absolutely. Well, trainings within the wide range of treatments. A medical estheticians really good, full trained, fully trained by BU team, and as well customer service. Now you're a CEO of your own company, mm -hmm. and how many employees do you have right now? Uh, currently, have over twenty-seven employees. Does that make you feel good when you're able to put like food on the table of so many people that you care about? Absolutely. I think from the employee's standpoint of view and to also ensure that we can cater to the customers and offer them a wide range of services with our customized packages. When you're looking for someone uh, to hire, what type of skills are you looking for, Irina? What type of things key into what you want for your practice? I'm looking for someone who's passionate, okay. individual passion, you know, and then as well as some of the experience within the field that we're looking for. And you have um, how many locations? Where are you located? Currently right now we have five locations. We started in downtown Brooklyn in the midst of COVID, uh, went against all the odds and um, slowly moved up to Upper East Side in Manhattan, um, uh, Greenpoint, and as well um, Long Island, Queens, and so on. So we're, we're actually ex expanding to uh, now Orlando and California. Okay. So when you expand, mm -hmm. right, what made you decide that you wanted to expand? Because you kind of, kind of had the science down of how a business could run? Absolutely. I think once you have the right formula of how the franchise network or the you know, BU works, it's easier to expand and um, as well have successful partners that you uh, partner with. Have you seen great results? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Tell us one in result in particular that you're like happy with. It doesn't I, have, don't have to say their name. Just like somebody that you saw come to you and you were able to 
change their life a little. Yeah, I think BU, what stands for is also targeting diversity, uh, feeling comfortable. BU in itself stands for feeling comfortable in your own skin. We're here to empower your beauty. So we have a lot of individuals or customers that we became family. They're, they were pretty much family because they visit us once a month for a full year. And it's nice to see how when they came in, the, the needs they had and how we customized those treatments and seen the end result. It's pretty successful. It is very successful. Yeah. I thank you for being here. Uh, you want to work with female, other female CEOs. Do you belong to certain clubs or certain organizations where you want to mentor people? Absolutely. We've started with our employees first. We continue to empower employees, feel, make them feel confident in their, you know, skills and what they do because we know once we do that, they excel in their jobs and as well our customers feel it. I was very happy that you were coming here today. Um, and I was asking you earlier, um, what was the first treatment that you had? Like, did you have a treatment done by somebody and you decided, you know what? I can make people feel this yes, great. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I went in for a cosmetic injection, you know, <laughs> turning close to, you know, forties. And, um, and I, uh, the one thing I requested is not to change, to make sure it's, it's a gradual, uh, result. It's not something that's all of a sudden, right? You're all like, yeah, like and exactly. Right. And I felt confident. I went in, I did the treatment and I felt confident. I felt that I was in the right hands. And I said, Oh my God, this is what we, it's about changing people's life. It's about really just empowering that beauty. And, and that's what BU stands for. Beauty begins with BU. Beauty begins with you. B-U, B-Y-O-U. Yes. Thank you, Irina, for Thank joining you, us Anna. today. It was a pleasure to Thank have you. you on the show. Thank you. I love uh, celebrating your success. Thank you so you know, much. And all those people that you're able to employ and all those people that come to you. Thousands of people come to you to make appointments. And it's pretty easy to make an appointment, too. Correct? Absolutely. Yeah, yes. you have a great yes. onboarding process. And people should not be afraid because you're going to take baby steps with them. Absolutely. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Donna. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Stay tuned for more. If you've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, if you go to Irina's website and you reach out, um, I'm certain that there's going to be tips that you're going to learn for your own journey in life as well as a business owner. now is Honoré Maureen. Welcome to the show. How are you? Good. I'm great. Tonight's an amazing night. I'm so excited for you because of your ingenuity and your great marketing background. You decided to see what Henry Schein could do by creating an opportunity for pink colored items to be sold with a portion of the proceeds going to tonight. We started this program back in 2006 and we've been able to contribute almost a million dollars to the American Cancer Society raised about $1.7 million to support cancer-related causes, but this one's near and dear to my heart. And, and what made you decide that this might be a good opportunity? Just like a creative idea, a new twist on something? Well, I work in the dental industry, and in the dental industry, in a dental practice, 50% of the dentists are females, the dental assistants, the dental hygienists, the office managers are typically women. So I thought maybe what we could do is put together a program sell pink products, and the money could go to a charity that supports breast cancer awareness. So that's what we did. Joining us now is the incomparable Stacy. She's an honoree uh, tonight. Uh, so Stacy, tell us about your journey, because I know that cancer has kind of like <laughs> been on your ankles, nipping at your ankles for a long time now. Yeah, it's been 16 years, actually, almost 17. I breast cancer 2007, then it metastasized in 12, and then it came back to my liver. 
two years ago. So back on chemotherapy, but with events like this, we don't have to go so quickly on the intravenous on anything. So my chemotherapy pills have my hair. It's okay. It's okay. What I loved about your story too that I read is that you were like, you're like, you know what? I've got this, but it's not going to change the lives of my children. We're going to still do all the things that we've, we're going to do anyway. And you made it seem normal. You kind of normalized having a cancer diagnosis. I remember my mother went with me to every one of my um, chemotherapy sessions every other week. And she lived out of state. I love you, Mom. And what she said, you know what, Stacey, you handled it like it was the flu. I'm very blessed, Donna, really. My family, my friends, my extended family. I'm blessed. I fight. We make money. We're going to eradicate this is what we're going to do. And there's so many people here tonight um, that really love and support you. They're supporting each other. Cancer's affected everybody. Everybody. It's not, that's the great thing also, American Cancer Society. I have breast cancer, but it's everybody. It's everybody's journey. We try to get through it together. We work together. This organization is fantastic, Fant filled with young people, philanthropists. I am so honored to be with Maureen with this, the money she has raised. I, I'm a happy girl. Henry Schein is such a well-known um, name in that industry. Was it like over 90 years, correct? 90 years in the business. We have over 24,000 employees worldwide. And Henry Schein's all about helping health happen. So this is really great in our wheelhouse and what we want to do. And I shared with you that my mom passed away from breast cancer in her 40s when I was pregnant with my first son. And uh, it was the happiest time of my life and the saddest time of my life. But my mother just kept fighting. They gave her like uh, six months to nine months. And, and she lived five years. My mom was like, I'll be darned, man. I'm, I'm living my life, right? I know. And try to get me down. No way. There's no way. No way. Is there one special memory uh, to date during your journey that stuck out for you where somebody was your champion besides your mom or somebody that just said, Stacy, like, you got it, girl? I have to tell you something. I have three incredible sons. And I'm going to say my husband. Jimmy is just, he is my best friend. He is my cheerleader. And together we work really hard on making life as wonderful and simple as we can for our children. Not one moment. Look at this. There have been so many. The breast can't even the walk is just enlightening and it's beautiful. When you found out that you were going to be a nonaree, who was the first person that you celebrated with? Uh, my husband. Of course, my husband and my children because, you know, they always think I'm doing too much stuff and I should, like, sort of cut back, but that was the ones I told right away because I was so excited about being considered for this. So, Congratulations on being a champion tonight. Thank Way to go. So Woo! How can other people get involved? What can they do in their communities? Be involved. Honestly, it doesn't take a lot. Every little thing you do, just be involved. Unfortunately, so much of us, it's not that we only have it, our loved ones, people that we know. The more that we work together, the better we could be. Reach out to the American Cancer Society. I just want to say how very proud I am of my daughter. And this is so long in coming. 
She is the most amazing person. Spoken like a mother. No. She is... What she has gone through with her journey with cancer is a tribute to anyone who's going through cancer because of the way she fights and just doesn't give in to the illness and has showed so much strength that it's unbelievable. She's just such a special person. Joining us now from the UK are Sam. And Sam, who did you bring with us today? Well, I brought with me Daniel and Nathan, and they're two singers in the fantastic group, Libera. And we are a choir based in South London in the UK. Now, Sam, what's so fascinating is that you actually started out in this group when you were a young lad. Yes, so I'm the musical director now, uh, and it's a bit like a family. So generations of singers have passed through, and now I'm leading. So perhaps Daniel or Nathan will be doing my job in 20 years' time. What's so fascinating to me is like the team spirit between all of you. Daniel, how long have you been a member? And tell us about your experience and why this matters, this group matters to you so much. Um, well, I've been a member going on about seven years now. Uh, I joined in very early school and um, it, it really means a lot because it's a, it's a second family, I think, because we spend so much time together singing, rehearsing, performing, touring together um, that you really get to know the, your choir mates and yeah, it's, it's a really close friendship. So it really does mean a lot. And have you been able, Nathan, to see generation after generation, like, do they tell you about all that rich history when you joined the group? Uh, yes. So when I joined, uh, some singers now that were trebles when I was a mini boy, uh, they're now tenors and basses. And it's sort of gone from me being a mini boy. Uh, I'm now a treble. So it's just, it's evaluated and you do get to see how it goes on. What is your greatest joy about being, I'll ask you Sam first, what is the greatest joy that you weren't anticipating? Well, the music, the liberal music is really special. It's got these wonderful, ecstatic, shimmering harmonies. And anyone who's heard our music uh, will be able to tell you that. And if you look us up online, you'll hear what I mean. And it's the musicality from the singers working together to create these beautiful, shimmering, ecstatic chords that makes it really special to me. I have been able to listen, and you're absolutely right. We were kind of connected through a mutual friend, uh, Dominic Ferris, and he reached out and I said, wow, I was so impressed. I had heard of your group before, obviously, because it's been around for a long time. But what's so delightful is that you're going to be able to tour again in the United States. You must be so looking forward to that. Yeah, it's been, um, 2019 was the last time we were able to make it to the US and we're back this summer at the end of July. And Daniel's going to tell you a bit more about what we're doing. Yes, Daniel, um, well, what's got, in store? Well, we've got um, four concerts in New York, Washington, San Francisco and LA. And our New York concert will be on the 28th of July at Riverside Church. Very nice. And Nathan, have you ever traveled to the United States before? 
Uh, I've been with my family once, but I haven't been with Libra, so it will be my first time traveling with the choir. I'm really excited for it. And would you all be willing to like sing a little something for me, even if it's just doing a scale? Is there like a warm up we could do, Sam, or something fun? Well, Nathan, they're in lots of different parts. So Nathan's what we call high first. So he could do some quite high notes. Perhaps Nathan, you can give him a high T tar or something. You can imagine all their different voices with seven different parts in quite some. <sighs> breathtaking. Absolutely breathtaking. And anything else from the you other two gentlemen? Um, well, I, I started off quite high singer like me, but now I've started developing my lower range. So um, if I were to do what Nathan just did, I'd be more in the spectrum of something like this. Nice. Sam, are you still singing? singing. Uh, I I talk to myself. What what (laughs) gives me the joy is hearing them sing. Um, I do the work on the arrangements and we sing together. So there's usually about 34 of us coming out to the US this summer. Um, So if you want to hear what it sounds like, with all of them together singing some absolutely beautiful music. Please do check us out and come and see us. Um, I think I know you're based uh, over in, is it uh, Long Island? Or in, uh, I am. I'm just 45 minutes from the city. I'm going to definitely make every effort I can. I want to be there. I want to be in that magical space yeah, well, with all of you. Um, name on it, it's on it. Oh, I would be honored. I'm so excited. I was able to sing growing up as well from the time I was 12 to the time I was 23. I love choral music. I just, it means so much to me. And I believe that music does unite all of our souls and all of our spirits. And it's an experience to go hear you sing. So thank you very much for all of your talent and for keeping this beautiful tradition alive. It's, it's magical. Thank you for having us. And we look forward to seeing you in a few weeks time. I can't wait. Thank you very much for joining us today, all the way from the UK. Be well, everyone. Happy journeys to you all.
This is Donna Drake. Happy journeys. We would like to thank you for joining us on the Donna Drake Show. We can't wait for you to tune in for the next episode. In the meantime, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again. And until next time, remember to live it up with Donna Drake.